You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Hi, this is Joe Hunter, and when Pastor Andrew Farley came out with a new book called The Grace Message, is the gospel really this good? With the forward by Bart Miller to Mercy Me, and I got an opportunity to interview him and give away five of the books. I jumped all over it, and we had quite a neat talk. I always get nervous when I do that because I don't want to lose anybody. You still there? You still got me. (laughs) Okay. And I thank you profusely because I do realize I think you're an hour earlier than I am. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I'm fine. And I have to say right off the bat, I am so thrilled because normally being on the radio, when I talk to somebody, they feel like they know me because they've heard me and stuff. I feel like I know you because I've been watching you on TV for two years during the pandemic. I mean, oh, really? uh, yes, my wife and I, you know, when the church is shut down, we, she's looking and we're looking and we saw a couple of pastors and things. And one day she said, I want you to watch this guy. Tell me what you think of this service. And we watched, and I know one of the early ones was about how we do communion, you know. And then, of course, then you started in with God's big fat Greek wedding and stuff. And I've got a book of, I take notes every time. And you have turned us into quite the couple. (laughs) I mean, because we're always looking. It's just incredible how the light is shining on this. It's amazing. So when, you know, when Sarah sent me the email about, do you want to do an interview? I was like, do I want to do an interview? (laughs) Yeah. So I am thrilled. And (laughs) Oh, that's great. I got your, I got the book yesterday and I swear my wife was looking through it and everything. And it's pretty obvious that it's, you know, if you, if you've watched your sermons, which most people probably have not, you know, I mean, I don't know, but you're really getting popular and, um, at that causes among other things enemies doesn't it yeah yeah i'm so yeah, well uh thanks for having me on and, <laughs> you are uh, welcome man i'm excited well i'm recording it so anything that you say that you don't want me to say on the air i won't <laughs> so you're good okay sounds good but um yeah i've seen you know which is actually a good sign i guess when people you know because it's been the kind of the history of pastors who get real popular people you know always want to come after them and things like that but um your book is the grace message which really is your message isn't it i mean you you change the name your church is the grace message right and that's what really jesus's message is right right absolutely uh, let me ask you a question yes. are we already are we already doing the interview oh yeah i or, or- I start the oh. recording and then I, you know, it, whatever. Yeah, but what what did you want to say? No, I, I just couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if you and I were chatting or if I'm supposed to be speaking to an audience right oh, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know you got to. You have to do the pastor thing. I guess I do the radio thing and I don't think about it. But um, well, I, I just didn't know if we were getting ready to hit the record button or if you'd already done it. That's all. I have Sorry. to do it in the beginning because if I don't. I don't want to be like I was with Mark Hall that one time and forget to turn it on. Okay. <laughs> Talk to All the right. singer well, of Casting Crowns. No, 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 don't apologize. You're fine. You're great. It's it's okay. it's okay. awesome. I well, just wanted to make sure well, that, you know, we we you are now our pastor and the church. We support you financially and stuff. And uh oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So it it I can't go cool. to any other pastor. I mean, I've listened to other pastors 
And it won't take long before what you have in this book, you know, creeps in. And I, it, it, it really is incredible. And I was thinking, though, but you yourself, I think, have said you were kind of like that, right? You were kind of going along with things that the church teaches, like, you know, well, if you go to church, you know, God will bless you, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. I mean, I was 19 years old and found myself on the floor of my apartment, and I was begging God for answers. I was saying, God, uh, yeah, I'm doing everything the church world says to do. I'm reading my Bible uh, three and four hours a day. I'm, I'm in church every time the doors are open. I'm uh, sharing my faith with everybody that I meet, and yet I still don't feel closer to you. I I don't feel like I'm growing spiritually, so where did I go wrong? And, man, it was not a lightning bolt out of heaven. It was more like uh, 10 years of replacing wow. old thoughts with new thoughts, and, and at the center of that was God's grace. And so that's why I wrote the grace message, to, to really rescue people the same way that to God used the Scriptures to rescue me. Well, man, it is loaded, and I'm glad you said it took you a while because it, it, it is a lot to get into you because you've been so trained, and you're around people who believe that too, <laughs> you know, and so you, it's kind of funny. I mean, it, they kind of reinforce that thing like, well, you know, wonder you've missed so many church meetings, you know, uh, no wonder you're not going to get that new job. I mean, you know, and so that keeps messing with your head, you know, all the time. Yeah, so it takes start, a while. We start playing Christian karma and, uh, you know, God's going to get you. And uh, we, we're looking for the love of God in all the wrong places and trying to connect the dots and say, well, you know, my dog died or I lost my Ooh. spouse or I lost my job. Therefore, God's trying to teach me a lesson and he's trying to, you know, tell me something about myself. And, and we keep looking uh, to our circumstances when the Bible actually says, hey, you want to find the love of God, uh, look to the death of Jesus, look to the resurrection, look to God's presence inside of you. Uh, if you want to know the Father, look to the Son. You know, one of the, um, and I love the fact that you do a radio program, and the ambassador has picked that up, so that's really cool, where you take calls, and that's got to be one of the best things you can do because now you get the um, input, if you will, or questions from all over the world coming in there. And I'll tell you, I, I'm using those in the uh, devotional here at work. And it, it's really interesting to see people's reaction to you, you know, because you're different. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like, well, it's know, not like the I old. Think, <laughs> yeah, I, I think what I'm doing is I'm saying that the cross actually worked, that <laughs> yeah. the resurrection was effective. I'm saying, hey, Christian, you're forgiven. And it's amazing how, how people have missed this. I, I think we're being highly entertained in church, uh, we've got smoke rolling out on stage. We've got the Harley Davidson driving up the center aisle. We've got all kinds of bells and whistles in in our mega church, so to speak. And then we're missing the message. We got a bunch of Christians who don't know how forgiven they are. They're still wondering if they're going to have to answer for their sins. They're still wondering if all of their sins are forgiven, or maybe they haven't asked forgiveness enough. Mm. Maybe they've left some out. Maybe they'll be judged for their sins. 
they're wondering about rewards and, you know, are they going to miss out on rewards? Uh, they're wondering about falling out of the will of God. Um, you know, again and again, we keep hearing all of this uh, bad teaching, and because it's uh, coupled with some entertaining analogies and, and a lot of technology, we just sort of uh, soak it in, and at the end of the day, it's not the truth that sets us free. And, you know, we really need a heavy dose of God's grace, and that's what the grace message is all about. One of the things you said, and I will always remember this, it's easy, too, and it's a question. It's a rhetorical question. Did Jesus fix what Adam broke? It's pretty right. simple, yeah. right? yeah. So you look at everything that Adam caused, and the question is, did Christ do a better job than Adam? Is Christ more influential than Adam? And I think we have to answer that with a resounding yes, because, hey, uh, the Son of God certainly undoes what Adam caused. And so that means that your past, present, and future sins are gone. I mean, God says he remembers them no more. He keeps no record of your wrongs. They're removed as far as the East is from the West. But even popular pastors all over the United States and beyond are still teaching that we have to keep short accounts with God, that we have to ask forgiveness for every sin, uh, that, that if we miss one, then we might be out of fellowship with God for a while. Uh, we've got large groups of people that believe, you know, there's two kinds of forgiveness, maybe a heavenly kind, a positional Ooh. kind, and then maybe an experiential kind where God is still frustrated with you every day on earth. Uh, because you're not quite cleansed enough. I mean, we've got some crazy belief systems out there, and then the finished work of Christ comes in and shines light on all of that, and God just says, you're forgiven, and I'm keeping no record of your wrongs, and I'll never leave you, and you're united with me forever, and that's the true gospel message. That is a hard thing to get in you, a humanly nature, I think, because we just love doing checks checking off this and this, you know, there's something about our fallen nature, I think. And we just kind of, we, we, it's hard for us to let it go, to do nothing, you know, to rest in yeah, me. So, and I, I keep trying to say that on the air, you know, Jesus says, come to me. I, it's rest. You know, my yoke is easy. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go to school and they give you good grades when you work hard. Right. You, Go to, go to work, and they give you a promotion when you work hard. And so we grow up in this culture of earning and achieving, and we think it's about trying, but the gospel is about trusting. And we think it's about what we're doing, uh, but God says it's about what he's done. And so this is counterintuitive. It turns religion on its ear, and suddenly we're fixing our eyes on Jesus instead of our own efforts. You know, I tell you, one of the things I think it's got to be hard for other people because it's it's hard for me, and I've heard teaching, you know, we have teaching here on our station from somebody that comes in about asking for forgiveness and the idea that, well, you know, when you repent, again, <laughs> you know, you'll feel better, you'll be closer to God, right? And it kind of, right. I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where you say, well, what do I do then? Right. Yeah. So, so repentance, you know, turning away from sin, of course, that's healthy and that's good, but it doesn't make us more forgiven. And it also doesn't make us closer to God. I think we have to deal with those two things. Uh, Hebrews 10 
verse 14 says that by one sacrifice, uh, we've been made perfectly forgiven forever, for all time, it says. So Christians are not being forgiven progressively. Uh, Mm. This is not like paying off your car or paying off your house. Jesus paid it all. I mean, we sing all this stuff. We say, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, and then five minutes later we're trying to pay it off when he already paid it. Uh, So either we're forgiven or we're not. Nobody on this planet is partially forgiven. You're either in Christ 100% forgiven, or you're in Adam 0% forgiven, but there's no middle ground. Nobody is 50% forgiven. And when it comes to being close to God, I mean, how much closer can you get? Uh, He said, I want you to have this vine branches relationship, Mm. you and me and I and you. And 1 Corinthians says that we're one spirit with the Lord. And so that's as close as a person can get. You're united with Christ forever. It is in the Bible. And, you know, one of the things I was going to say is I get a little nervous. I see somebody and I'm, I'm watching. I don't. I mean, I'm watching a YouTube video or something, you know, when they're talking, they're preaching and they're talking and talking and talking. I think it's been a while since they threw out a Bible verse, you know, <laughs> so, but you in your preaching, I mean, it, you don't go very far and you, I am writing down verses. You just lay it out. It's right there. What you are preaching is right in the scripture, <laughs> you know, it's laid out. Yeah. Right there. So I don't, I don't think I have a message at all without the word of God. I'm not interested in preaching three steps to a better marriage or ten steps to a better <laughs> life or how you can be healthy and wealthy. I mean, all of that stuff is is made-up nonsense. And so I think we have to get back to Second Corinthians 3, which says that God has qualified us to minister one thing, and that is the new covenant. Uh, I'm not qualified to minister some sort of self-improvement program I'm not qualified to minister a guilt trip. I'm not qualified to minister law and grace mixed together. I am qualified to minister the new covenant. And I got to tell you, my friend, I mean, I was a believer for almost two decades, and I never heard a sermon on the new covenant and why it's so great and why it's better than the old covenant and why that's such a big deal. So that's why in this book, The Grace Message, I'm laying out the grace of God, Scripture by Scripture, so that every Christian can see this message and have boldness and clarity about it. Well, the book is named The Grace Message, like you said, and I'm sure that your caller that you got, Eric, right in the beginning of the book, has got to be like one of the most popular calls you get, and of course, he can't understand... And it's, hard, it's, it's tough to understand how you can be motivated to live a godly life if all you hear is grace. Grace, you know, if, there, if there's no punishment for doing sin, right, then how am I supposed to not sin? But you handle this Right, great. and I tell people, I, I mean, I tell people you're sinning just fine right now. Look <laughs> yeah, at you. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you're scared of God. You're living in legalism. You've got a rule-based religion. You're afraid you're not forgiven. You're afraid you're falling out of fellowship. You're afraid you're missing God's will for your life. And look at you, you're sinning just fine. Uh, so what if we tried the grace of God for a change? And when we do, we find what Jesus said, hey, if you're forgiven much, then you love much. And Peter said, if you're lacking godly qualities, 
He said, you've forgotten your forgiveness. You've forgotten your purification. So what's the answer? Well, you need to remember your forgiveness. And so that's grace. I mean, Titus 2 says the grace of God teaches us to say no to sin. So if that's the truth, then we don't need less grace. We need more grace. (laughs) Uh, Somebody who says we need less grace, it's like saying we need less victory over sin. Amen, right. There was another example that's out in the middle of the book, and I thought this was pretty cool, too. It was a woman named Jenny. She's in the Bible study, okay, and she's, I guess she's watching your message as well, too, and then they conflict about what the Bible study leaders say. You know, it was about being clean, but not all of us, and when Jesus was watching the washing the disciples' feet, remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so Jesus says, you're clean, but not all of you, and he's talking about Judas. I mean, he's talking about a group of disciples, and they're clean, except for Judas, because Judas, I mean, his heart is not right, and he's obviously going to betray Jesus. So that's what Jesus meant, but unfortunately, 2,000 years later, uh, we've twisted that into the idea, oh, hey, you know what, you're clean, but not all of you. So 88% of you is forgiven, but you still need a daily foot washing or something. Mm. And unfortunately, that leaves Christians in a no-man's land. Oh, my goodness, have I confessed all my sins? Have I asked forgiveness for all of them? Did I leave any out? Uh, And the truth is, if you do the math on that, my goodness, uh, you've committed millions of sins, and you've only confessed thousands of sins. So you've already got a huge problem. I mean, if this is about you and your memory and your legal pad and all of your apologies, then you're up a creek. We're in trouble. But this is, this is about Jesus and his blood, and he said from the cross, it's finished. So that's why we call it the finished work of Christ, because we don't need to finish it. Boy, we like to bring in the old. I tell you, it's something I don't know. But, you know, there's something else, and I saw um, this kind of creeps in, too, because I've seen people out on social media talk about comfortable Christianity. They get a, they're like, yeah, we've got too much of this comfortable Christianity. And I'm not real sure what they're talking about, if they're talking about too much grace or what. But I figured you probably heard that before. Oh, my goodness, yeah, we need to, you know, three things. First of all, watch out for that comfortable Christianity. Second of all, we need to get you out of your comfort zone. And third, you need to be giving until it hurts. Um, And, you know, you hear these things, and I get it. When I was 17 years old, that was my theology. I mean, that's a really great pep rally, and it might uh, give you some gumption for about a year, Uh, But the truth is, you end up crashing and burning. You're trying to be radical. You're trying to work hard for God. Um, And the reality is, when you come back to the Scriptures, what do you actually see? Jesus said, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, and you will find rest for your soul. So if you're busy trying to work for God, and if you're experiencing spiritual stress, well, that's not what God intended. He's saying that connection with Christ is easy and light and restful, and that's the truth that'll set us free. So give until it hurts, no, sir. <laughs> the gospel says the opposite. It says give freely from the heart, not under any pressure, uh, because God loves a cheerful giver. 
we're told to give out of our abundance and give when we have extra, and it's not supposed to hurt. It's supposed to feel great. We're supposed to be cheerful givers. So this message of, of obligation and guilt and pressure is not the gospel. Grace giving is the same as grace living, and the theology doesn't change when we get out our wallet. Now, you know, Dr. Farley, you can't outgive God, though. You heard exactly. that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why are we trying to outgive God? Let's give thanks in all things and not try to compete with God as if we could pay him back anyway. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, see, it just never stops. Every time you turn around, and now my wife, you got my wife going, I heard something the other day. You commanded to go to church. Now, are you commanded to go to church? <laughs> well, the, the book of Hebrews says, don't forsake gathering right. together, and, and the spirit of that is so that we can encourage each other. But again, look at 2,000 years later, we're trying to legislate this stuff. We've called it the spiritual disciplines, and you know, even that verbiage is not in the New Testament. You're not going to find the spiritual disciplines in the New Testament. Instead, you know, things like attending a church meeting, what is that for? Well, we're the body of Christ, so let's encourage each other. It's not about an attendance chart. It's not about performance-based acceptance. It's about encouraging each other in the love and grace and kindness and forgiveness of God. We need those reminders, and it's the same thing with Bible reading. I mean, we've got people freaked out, oh Mm. my goodness, I haven't had my quiet time mm. in two weeks. I think God's mad at me. Well, find me the quiet time in the New Testament. It's not there either. Seventy percent of the early church couldn't even read. Uh, they were illiterate. They had no education. So they couldn't have a quiet time. They had to have a loud time uh, where they gathered together and celebrated Jesus. So, you know, we've got a bunch of type A personalities that are trying to run the church organization globally and in the process, we've got a fleshly message that is about uh, having to have a schedule, having to volunteer left, right, and center. If you do more and be more and serve more, then God is in love with a future version of you uh, that does more. And that's rejection. We are rejecting people in the present, and we need to be teaching the love and acceptance of God found in Jesus Christ, because the truth is, that's the real motivator. I noticed that you've gotten to be really buddies with uh, Bart Millard of Mercy Me, and it's interesting because their songs, now that now that I've heard you preach for a couple of years, you know, come under your preaching, now the songs are making more sense that they do. <laughs> and I will tell you, some people have had some problems, like with their song Flawless, you know, and some other yeah. things, but, but they are right. Now, how, they don't go to your church, do they? Or no, they don't go to my church. I mean, they're, they're my goodness, they're traveling the country and traveling the world. Uh, you know, they're True. probably out four or five nights a week doing concerts. But I know I've known Bart for, gosh, I think it's been seven or eight years now. Okay. Uh, we met through Twitter. We wrote a book together. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I have a book called The Hurt and the Healer together right, with him. Right, right. It's based on their album, Yeah. So we met uh, on Twitter years ago, and he had read The Naked Gospel. They were flying to Australia, and he grabbed a copy of The Naked Gospel before his flight, and by the time he landed in 
Australia, it had just uh, kind of rocked his world, and he was rethinking a lot of the things he had believed about the grace and about the gospel. And so he reached out to me, and uh, next thing you know, we're writing a book together, and you're right, uh, their music is revolutionary. Um, a lot of our uh, praise songs and worship songs, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them that are out there, it seems like we're begging and pleading and almost whining mm. uh, like, a, like a girlfriend that just broke up with her boyfriend and trying to get back with him. Uh, and, you know, what Mercy Me is doing is saying, hey, wait a minute, isn't it time that we celebrate? Isn't it time yes. that we celebrate the finished work of Christ and stop asking for what we've already got? Well, you know, I've been playing their music since day one and stuff, and I talked to Bart right now. Well, that was years ago when I Can Only Imagine came out. So, And I've thought recently, in the last, I don't know, a few years, I thought, you know, they've probably matured. They've grown as a group tremendously. You can, you can hear it and feel it in their music. So that kind of makes sense now that I've, you know, heard you preach for a couple yeah. of years, and now it kind of goes together. Yes, it all exactly. does make sense. So so, yeah, I mean, they've been around the block. Uh, they're mature believers. They've, they've seen everything out there. You know, when you've been a believer for a decade and two and three, and you've seen all the fads and you've seen all the trends, uh, you've seen the self-improvement program, you've seen the experience chasing, uh, you've seen the begging and pleading, you've seen the groveling and, and going off into the corner like a dirty worm of a sinner, and you've seen that that's just a false humility, and it's not inspiring, and it's not what Jesus called us to, then, you know, after you've experienced all those things, and, and here comes the grace of God in simplicity right there in Scripture, telling you you're clean and you're close and you're one with Christ and you're forgiven and cleansed forever and you're under God's grace and he'll never let you go, then you start to realize, you know what, this is what those apostles were willing to die for. This mm. is what rocked the early church. Uh, this is the real thing. That's exactly right. Also, I wanted to say you have a presence on Facebook at, uh, you know, Dr. Andrew Farley. And also uh, Instagram, that's the one I get a hold of. All my wisdom comes from your Instagram posts, which are really pretty cool. I like the way you do that. And I don't know if that's something new, you know, maybe, but Instagram, that's that's where I am, and that's where a lot of people are. So that's a really good deal yeah. right there. Yeah, so we're on, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and uh, we started with Facebook probably a decade ago. Mm. We've got just over a million people wow. that follow on Facebook, and that's where we've uh, put a lot of our efforts. And, um, and now, you know, we've added Twitter and Instagram, and that's a lot of fun, too. And, I mean, you know, it's great to just put out little nuggets of encouragement to people. So if you're looking for uh, a short thought on forgiveness or a, a quick video on the grace of God, or if you want to learn just a tidbit a day about your identity in Christ, uh, then, yeah, check us out on social media at Dr. Andrew Farley. And also, you know, go to our website because you're going to find thousands of free videos there, Ooh. and they're all searchable. Uh, they're all searchable by topic. So you can go to andrewfarley.org, and everything's free right there. Andrewfarley.org. That's a clever 
name for your <laughs> for your website. <laughs> Very clever. Well, you know, I kind of remember. I, I kind of wonder what are you thinking about uh, the future of you know your church. You're in Lubbock, Texas. Um, yeah. Your church and your ministry and things like that. The people in the church there, they must be like praying, please, God, don't take him to California or somewhere else. I'm kind of <laughs> hoping maybe you had somebody in your church that wanted to come to upstate New York because, man, we need <laughs> But I hear you. So I here's what we're doing. Okay. I, I, am, I am relocating in August to Dallas, which is only a few hours away uh, from our West Texas location, and we're going to plant a second... Uh, campus in Dallas in August, and we're also going to start offering more resources online so that people can form uh, home groups and home church and uh, form groups that get together for food and fellowship and teaching and discussion questions. So we're gearing up for the fall to really help people connect with us in a deeper way. Wow. How about that? Yes, that, that is, that is really good news. It really is. That's amazing. The other thing I wondered is, do you have a tattoo? You see, that's kind of one of those weird out of the left field questions, but yeah, I don't have a tattoo, but I, I have a, I have a friend, uh, he, he has a tattoo of Leviticus 19, uh, which says you can't have a tattoo. <laughs> I love and, that. <laughs> no, oh, and that's so, awesome. you know, what, what he did was he got that tattoo in order to uh, have people ask about it. They go, hey, what's Leviticus 19 say? And he says, well, you know, it, it says you can't have a tattoo. <laughs> that's awesome. And then they're freaked out. Why do you have a tattoo that forbids a tattoo? And then he gets to explain, wait a minute. Uh, we're under a new covenant. That's a and, great idea. You know, we're not under the law, so it's a lot of fun. I know you have T-shirts now, and I, I wanted to have a my shirt. I told people this: my shirt or my hoodie. I would love to have Jesus is fun, just on the front there, because I. That's... I hear you. Yeah, those aren't two words that you put together a lot. People always think, uh, you know, Christianity is supposed to be like a side effect. You you got to right. have the medicine. But it's got a horrible uh, headache to it, you know. And and uh, the truth is, you know, there's no fly in the ointment. There's no worm in the apple. Uh, this is off the charts. There's nothing not to like about the grace of God. Wow. I don't know what else to ask you. This has been pretty amazing. And I know I can just imagine how your time over the last few years, and I don't know, you know, I've only known you for a couple of years preaching, so I don't know how long you've been. It seems like things are really kind of taken off with the grace message and moving. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say, Dr. Farley, be careful, <laughs> you know, because you're getting, yeah. you're in well, that whirlwind. I hear you. You know, day-to-day life in the ministry is really about responding to people on email and doing a few conferences a year and enjoying radio every night as people call in with their concerns. Right. That's every and night. Wow. Yeah, every night, five nights a week. Wow. Uh, we have our program at 8 o'clock Eastern. Um, WDCX is, is a station not mm. too far from you. Right. Um, and so we're on there, but we're also on Sirius XM. So wow. uh, anybody can get us nationwide on Sirius XM as well. So, uh, you know, I've been doing this for... 20-some years, and I already had that sort of 
burnout experience. And now I'm just, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul and I'm, I'm super excited about being 92 years old someday <laughs> and just looking, looking back and everybody's saying, you know what? That guy was a broken record. He just kept talking about the grace of God over and over and over. And the truth is there is no other right, message. Right. Uh, it's the only message we're qualified to preach anyway. Pretty much like the disciples did until they, until they got, you know, done in. That's yeah. kind of the way it is. Um, was it, oh, how can we, and you kind of answered it, we're talking about it right now, but I always want to make sure that you tell me how we can pray for you and your family and your church and all that. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I mean, over the next uh, 10 weeks, there's a lot of change coming with our family relocating to Dallas wow. and uh, planting a new congregation there. So that's a big deal. And uh, I would say, you know, that's probably the biggest thing is the adjustment of uh, moving and starting a new project there. And uh, so we're thrilled. We're excited about it. We can't wait to get there. Uh, but would love to have people pray for us along the way. Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, nothing like a church building program to really start causing some issues. I've talked to enough pastors about that. Well, if I was in Lubbock, well, Texas... Yeah, I, go let, ahead. let me say something about that, because I think there's a church philosophy there. We don't, we don't get into large building programs at all. We don't get out ahead of ourselves, so... We found uh, a super cheap building to rent for a couple of years, uh, see what the congregation is, see what they want to do. I, I, don't, I don't like these uh, ideas where, you know, church leaders, we, we come up with our own vision by ourselves and then say, all right, uh, you know, this thing's going to cost $52 million, ready to <laughs> go, and now help us earn, earn, get that money together. It, it puts a lot of pressure on people, it seems like, and this just could be my opinion, but it seems like uh, in the early church and the philosophy of the apostles, you got to have you got to have desire and you got to have inspiration that is birthed from within among the people who are rising up to lead and help and serve. And so we don't we don't need programs. We don't need some sort of uh, big kingdom that we're trying to build or something. Uh, it's really about the message, and however that message can be delivered, that's what's most important, is get the message of Jesus Christ out there. So what's going to happen to the church in Lubbock? Are they going to see you on satellite? Yeah, or so we'll just pipe it in. We're going to maintain um, the same um, music team that's hmm. been there for 17 years. Wow. Well, you know, there's been various people involved, but... The same team, the leadership, the music, uh, the church congregation, everything's going to function the same. For 30 minutes on Sunday, I will uh, join them on the screen, and then I'll visit on a regular rotation, because we're just talking about a few hours' drive here, okay. so it's not like I'm, I'm moving to Mars. <laughs> well, to some people in Lubbock, Dallas is probably like Mars, but I don't know. But anyway, I... I uh, yeah. I really do appreciate your time, and I'm just thrilled to death. I, I really am. That's amazing. I mean, I'm more thrilled that God put you in my life, really, because changed everything. It's amazing. A lot of people don't understand it. I've already had people, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get that pushback just like you do. But I'll have to. I have to yeah. think about. Yeah, and if you're not <laughs> if you're not getting pushback, then probably you're not saying much. <laughs> probably uh, right. So just. 
you know, just to be clear, I'm saying that Jesus actually did something huge, and it's real, and it's now, and you're completely forgiven. If you're in Christ, you're absolutely at peace with God. God's not frustrated or angry with you. Every day is a brand new day with Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. His grace is good. It never runs out. He'll never leave you. This is the real thing, and there is no substitute. Love it. Love you, Pastor. I really do. And I've oh, really enjoyed too, this. Thanks. So uh, we'll be watching, you know, we'll be watching the, the hairstyle, and I'll be critiquing your, your shirts and jackets and all that. <laughs> I'll dress up for you. Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate it. Have fun this morning. Thank Take you, care. my friend. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.